Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hello, humans. That's not my start. That was Trenton's start. That is not your start. <laughs> hey, so this week it <laughs> You're is You're not Jan- Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> this week it is January 5th. 2023 george how's that feel it's i don't know i think it's kind of just settling in um this is our first podcast of the of the year and i'm wearing my my f cubed shirt you know oh, with our nice. little characters on it and i also have no pants on me neither uh that, that, <laughs> daniel's like what the heck uh, our special <laughs> guest this week is daniel from bible read along live on tiktok and he does on Facebook too, right, Daniel? And I do a podcast. I'm wearing a CPM shirt, so Caleb Perkins Ministry. That's what I'm wearing today. What are you wearing nice. since we're doing that? Oh, and I'm also not wearing yeah. pants. Are you wearing, I'm wearing shorts? <laughs> <laughs> see, see, people, they're shorts. So don't don't freak out. Don't don't report us. So we're wearing shorts. That counts. But I I didn't know that this was a no pants party, so I am wearing pants. How do you? I am wearing a celebrate recovery comeback shirt that's awesome that's what, that's what i'm rocking that is so cool i like it yeah i was i just watched some of your tiktoks and um i don't think i followed you yet but i will so mine is george from f cubed so when you see me pop up give me a follow like whatever um but you said you were at a celebrate recru- recovery event and i was like Oh, that I love that. Maybe we can kind of <laughs> jump off from there a little bit. So, recovery. Um, I know a little Absolutely. bit about Celebrate Recovery. So, uh, it's an awesome ministry. Uh, um, so, can you tell us a little bit about that and then maybe how you got involved in that? Absolutely. You just like go right for the throat. Hey, like, let's dive in deep. How did you come to recovery? If we got to get Tell the meat all of the your story. Problems. We might as well start at the beginning. <laughs> well, when I was a wee child, in- <laughs> first off, when. first off, he's a Canadian. Let's let's just we'll oh, we'll give him grace for that. I've got to go. In no, Canada. <laughs> Podcast I was, over. I am. That was the shortest one we've ever done, fellas. <laughs> What I am George has a problem with Canada now. Yeah. Well, well we're gonna get reports. There we're gonna get reports now. Thanks, George. Yeah. Take well, a number. I, but yeah, I I, found I have I have reasons. <laughs> you have reasons. Well, um, I'm a truck driver and my my last load was to Canada and the workers there, let's just say it was their fault that we were behind and I didn't make it home. Oh. when i should have i made it home by christmas which was an answer to prayer but you know sometimes those answers to prayer aren't how we want them and god still uses it and still answers um even if it doesn't look like how we want it to but yeah, yeah that's my problem with canada they they because <laughs> of their bad work i think i was stuck there <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm stuck here too. So if you know a way out, I will, I'll take it. Um, I love Canada, actually. Born and raised in Canada. West Coast boy. I was raised out in British Columbia. Now I live in Alberta, That's Canada. where I was stuck. 
that three were stuck. <laughs> Sorry to hear it. Um, I'm so stuck you were in Alberta. A, you were on the West Coast. West before? Coast. And yeah. wh- where's how close is Alberta to Toronto? Oh, four hour plane ride. Oh, four hour plane. So it's like a twelve hour drive or something, or more. Eighteen oh. hours because Toronto's the East Coast, right? We can anyone west of Ontario considers Ontario East Coast. Um, so if you're looking at kind of across Canada, it's like British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Saskatchewan, okay. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. And Alberta is <laughs> Alberta is uh, that's where Banff uh, National Park is, right? Yeah, it I want to go yeah. there. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I've seen pictures and um, I, I definitely want to go there. So, well, if you're up in this way, enough about Canada. We no. want, yeah. All right, age, cool. Go do the booty. We got to get to this, eh? I have never heard your you got your Tim, the whole time. You, you got talk. your Tim Hortons. Oh, yeah. Your Tim Hortons, eh? Your double double. I honestly didn't know you're Canadian until you mentioned it. Like I never like caught it on your profile, and I was like, "It it shows Canada." I just thought, like you don't you don't ever have like the A or anything. I've never heard of you do it, and so I was like, "Oh, or a boot, or anything you know like when that." Canadians. So here's a fun fact, random fun fact. But Canadians will say A. We do say A, but we actually say it if we're like asking a question we kind of already know the answer to. Like, oh, it's a beautiful day, eh? Like it's, we already know it's a nice day. It's just a, it, it's a weird thing that Canadians do. So, and I'm guilty. I do it. I do say, Hey, it may come out. In here <laughs> twice. You'll hear it. Do you know where it kind of comes from though? Well, it's from when they They're were either uh, a, or, you know, but yeah, yeah. A was, that's how we actually picked our, our country's name. We put all a bunch of letters in a hat and we drew and we went, Oh, C A. N A D A Canada. <laughs> oh, but I, I was talking to a guy, and he was—he told me that it was from, um, when like the the natives and the fur trappers, the you know Canadian and French Canadian. Period. Hmm. They would say a at the end of the sentence to know that they were done speaking, go ahead and translate. Hmm. I did not know that That you're teaching me new things here today, George. (laughs) And you know, maybe that guy lied to me, but that's how I heard it. it I mean, it made sense. I was like, okay, that would, and it would make sense how it would just become a cultural thing or the a, and I had a friend that would always go, you know, yeah, I'm like, why is he asking me if I know all the time? I'm like, yeah, we were just talking. Of course, I know. You just, you just told me. <laughs> so, but celebrate recovery. Celebrate recovery. <laughs> celebrate recovery. So I'm actually I'm the regional rep for Celebrate Recovery Central Alberta, um, and okay. so I help lead a group. Um, but I found Celebrate Recovery in 2015. Uh, really my, my life was falling apart. My marriage fell apart. I was, I was formerly a pastor that fell apart. Everything was falling apart. And my pastor looked me in the eye and said, dude, you need help. 
And I went, yeah, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. You know, how do I overcome the issues that I'm facing? I'm sure we'll get into those a little bit more, but how do I overcome? And literally I was just Googling Christian 12 steps, Christian recovery. And I'm like, oh, there's this thing called celebrate recovery in my town, two of them. And so I started attending those meetings. Uh, that really was healing for me. It was really a time of, of, you know what, without it, I don't know if I'd be serving the Lord, to be honest, um, because in my brokenness, that's what kept pointing me back to Jesus, point me back to Jesus. And so I was attending meetings and then I started serving and helping and, um, you know, I'd set up chairs and then I'd run sound and then they found out I'd play guitar. Oh, you want to sing one night and you want to, and then within a couple of years, I was running the thing and I'm like, what just happened here? I, <laughs> I came here cause I'm a mess, not cause I'm a leader, but, uh, you know, God had some other plans and now get to work with the Canadian national team and help plan our plan, celebrate recovery and events across Canada. And for those that don't know, listeners are even here right now, George or Jacob, um, it is a Christian 12 step program, but it's for any, they say hurt habit or hang up. And so we mm -hmm. have people that come with addictions, but we also have people, um, grief, fear, loss, rejection, childhood issues, insecurities, food, food addiction, addictions, you know, like any addiction, anything that would hold people back from being who Christ has made them to be. And we're going to talk about it and work through it and support each other into healing and wholeness. A. So, no. <laughs> hey, hey. so you know what I mean? I, Jacob usually asks this, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it since he's otherwise occupied. <laughs> these these gummy um, birds, uh, they're, they're gummy octopuses. <laughs> they're so oh good. So, so you know you're on camera this time, right? Yeah, I don't care. Um, I'm so, <laughs> um, you raised it. So how did you grow up? You know, like mom, dad, were you raised by wolves? I mean, you are in Canada. It was so, caribou. I mean, that's come on, caribou, grizzlies, maybe yeah. A, Lost polar bears. On the bears. frozen tundra wasteland. <laughs> <Frozen> tundra. <laughs> um, that, I think what Jim said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Christian home. I was raised good parents, Christian home. Um, both of them came from divorced backgrounds, which I found out later. You know, they had some mess that, that they came, but they came together. Um, Christians, I was raised in church, raised in, in a good church, met Jesus at a very young age. Um, you know, was involved every time the church doors were open, we were there and we were even, my brother and I were in Christian school. Uh, everything was Christian, Christian, Christian. And which was really great. I'm so thankful for my upbringing. Um, the issue with that for me was I had this secret life. I had this life that I had to go. I got to keep this hidden because if anyone finds out, then I'm a bad Christian because I just didn't know. And so um, at a young age, and I, I don't know how real, is there words I'm not, is there a list of words I'm not allowed to say or just give her? You go No, and we can always throw in the, we have this. It doesn't cut anything out, but we have the, this. Hold on one second. One second. Got to change, change the buttons. 
explicit. Explicit. So we do have that just in case. It doesn't cut anything out, but it lets people know that we just said something explicit. Yeah, so it's it's late. It's late, but it's fine. (laughs) It's a podcast. We can say what we want and perfect. Perfect. So so for me, we we want to be real, as real as you can be. You know, and sometimes we've had people talk about some really raw stuff. Um, So sometimes that's what people need to hear. And my belief is that when we make those, when we make it okay to say those things, it takes away the foothold of the enemy because we're making it something that we can be accountable for. So um, go go for it. Before you jump into that, it just reminded me of something. Uh, one of one of the things that like broke my heart that I I heard today, um, was that the, like one of the pastors I know is like having some issues that I don't even know about, but um, he's having issues and is like worried to tell anybody about it because he's like I just don't know what they're gonna think or what they're gonna do or what's gonna happen. But I'm like. And I didn't say this and I should have, and I probably will later, but like, because I, I didn't know what was going on there. I wasn't going to be like, Hey, what, what's happening with you, man. Um, but like, I was like, I, I'll probably ask questions later. But um, when somebody kind of pours out their heart in that moment, you're like, I, I just need to listen sometimes. And this is just for any, anybody listening, like, Hey, sometimes you just got to sit there and let somebody talk <laughs> and, yeah. and say what they need to say and like, go, oh, okay. Uh, I might have to think about this later, but thanks. Thanks for sharing this. But, um, but I was like, if, if a pastor can't talk, then what, what are we like? We're, we're putting them in a box where, Hey, you can't have issues. And last week me and George talked about this on the podcast and, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of, is it Gabriel and Friends, George? I can't remember. The the band we played. Uh, oh, we... shoot. Hold no, on, it was. Um, oh, it's it Gabriel Price. Brandon Heath? No, okay. is Gabriel Price in Friends. And uh, he he talks about, like, in the song, it's, it's I Need You. And the very first part is, uh, I just punched holes in the partridge uh and like hurt my hands and all this stuff and a little bit further down in the song if i can read it real quick because it shows you the lyrics Uh, it says uh, i was thinking of the other song we played though brandon brandon lake brandon is that brandon yeah brandon lake yeah it says uh, uh it says so he says i need you i need you i gotta let it hurt our image is the only thing we're worth. His kingdom and yours is the church. Uh, he is the kingdom and yours is the church. Smile with your teeth. Your bruises make a lovely accessory. Have some guts, kid. This is ministry. Have some guts, kid. This is ministry. But um, me and the associate pastor in our church, like, he loves that band. <laughs> and I've, I've grown to really like them. But, like, because it's so raw. And it's so real, like, hey, you can't, if you're in the ministry in some sort of way, you can't have a hard time. You can't, if you're an usher, a leader, whatever, like, you shouldn't 
you should not have that. And you're like, I'm still human. I still have falls and pits and have to work through things. And like when, when this pastor said this, I was like, they, I was like, people should be getting around you. And if they want to get away from you and be like, I can't believe you're sick or whatever, or hurt or upset or whatever. Like, I'm like, I, then what are we doing? Because he's just as much a part of the church as you. And if he can't be raw and real, then you'll never get the full story of maybe what God's telling him. Cause he's like, Hey, I'm going through these things. And that's why I'm preaching it today. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I am going with, I have some doubts and I have some thoughts, but I go back to the word of God and go, this is real. This is the only thing I can hold on to. You are my anchor. And oftentimes it like most people will go, well, that pastor needs to be perfect. Like he can't have a hard day. He can't, he yelled at somebody. How dare him? I'm like, how many times did you yell at somebody? Well, I'm not the pastor. <laughs> well, you're the church. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't get away with it. So I don't know. That was a soapbox, but go ahead. <laughs> well, it's a good soapbox. No, I, I think you can jump right into that from where you were talking about because you said 2015 is when you got in celebrate recovery but i'm sure you were going through a lot of that same emotion when your pastor came to you and was like you need help and you were like yeah but how you know what i mean and you had to in your case you had to seek that out on your own yeah and and i did and because he didn't we didn't know where do you go and that's one of the things i mean I know I'm here with Bible read along, but I'm a CR guy through and through. And, you know, one of the things I love about celebrate recovery is they it's, it's like what you said, George, where there's a safe place to talk about something, it takes the power away and you actually Mm -hmm. can begin to heal and deal with it. Um, And celebrate recovery. I don't know if there's pastors that are listening. There is a pastor celebrate recovery. That's private with other pastors from across the nations that you could connect with and actually have a safe place to, to heal and walk through some pits and some falls, like you said, Jacob. Um, And that's where I was at, you know, like my whole life. So I, I actually experienced some, some sexual abuse as a child. Um, And I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know who to talk to, where to go with that, even at a young age. Um, And that led to, you know, when I was early teens, that's when the internet came out. And suddenly, you know, there's an internet in everyone's home and everyone's, you know, we didn't know what this thing was and it's new and it's an adventure. and, And that led into my addiction for me, which was pornography and, and online chat and, and sexual chat. Um, And that, you know, again, though, still that, like we're talking about, I just didn't feel that safe place. Where do you share this? Where do you, and I was involved in church, raised in church. Well, now leadership opportunities started to come and I was kind of thrust into teaching Sunday school and teaching young youth and, you know, becoming a youth leader and then moving into becoming a youth pastor. And, and it it just kind of naturally progressed that way, but behind the scenes, you know, up front, here's the smiling face (laughs) and look, everything's so good and great. And I'm charismatic and God's doing amazing things and people are getting saved. And, you know, like there's cool stuff happening, 
but behind the scenes, my brokenness had nowhere to go for healing. And that brokenness just compound, compound, compound until finally, um, what we say in recovery, you know, that my life was unmanageable. It was out of control and cost me my marriage, cost me my family, cost me ministry. I was fired from the church. Um, you know, it cost everything that I had built, everything that I had worked my whole life at that point up to was suddenly gone. Um, and 2015, uh, we had moved, me and my ex-wife had moved to Alberta from British Columbia and I relapsed. And um, that came out very, it, it came out very publicly. Um, oh, wow. Was and it, was it you came out or did she come out with it? If you don't mind me asking. No, I don't mind you asking. So the Coles notes version, um, I, I was, my addiction was still an issue, but I had things kind of under control. Um, at this time I had experienced some sobriety, you know, sometimes like even a year up to two years of sobriety at a time doing well. Um, and this, I kept getting this message for a chat notification from an old app that I didn't even have anymore. And I kept getting this email. Somebody tried to message you. Someone tried. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And finally I had said no. So many times I said, I wonder, I wonder who's trying to get in touch with me and who's, and that opened a door again of chatting with, with this person. And I didn't realize, you know, now we know the term catfished. Um, yeah. But it, it was a it was a setup. It was a setup to get me back into addiction from some people that were very angry. And they took that and created there, there was pictures sent of adult content. Um, and they took the pictures, they took the chat, edited out all of their parts so that it looked like I was just this monster and actually posted it everywhere. They posted it at churches, on their websites, all across Canada, any church I'd ever visited, spoke at, been to, um, any relationship with pastors I had all over. I had just started a new job all over our, our work website. Like they posted these pictures, created fake profiles for me, and actually followed that up with about six months of harassing phone calls. And they were calling me with voice changers, we had the police involved. They couldn't do anything, um, you know, and that was actually the straw that kind of broke my ex-wife's. It broke our marriage completely <laughs> because not yeah. only now do you have to deal with the, you know, you have a spouse in addiction. You yeah. have these calls literally every day, all hours of the night for six months saying, we know what you did. He's awful. He's terrible. And, you know, we're going to ruin your life. And it's just like, what just happened here? And, and it spiraled fast. And that's when I found recovery. <laughs> so to get to the, that's 2015, I found recovery. Um, my marriage did not survive and fell apart. And I, I just said, you know what, no matter, I'm not doing this to stay married. I'm, I'm kind of past that. I need to mm -hmm. seek healing for me to be healed. No matter yeah. what happens, no matter what the future holds, whether I'm with her, not with her, um, I need healing. And so that's what I did. I, I began a journey of seeking wholeness, seeking healing, which I believe can only be found in Jesus Christ. And, you know, the program helps. It's a support, but I'm, I needed to encounter Jesus again. Yeah. And I did. That's awesome. 
I mean, not awesome that yeah. you went through it, but awesome. <laughs> um, what? Well, it's awesome that you came to that point where you you went to Jesus, that you needed Jesus and, and you know, the Celebrate Recovery to have that as a support because you could have just let it, you know, continue to spiral and go, go to a very dark place, you know, and... Yeah. I mean, it was already in a very dark place, you know, but it could have gotten worse. You could have just said, forget it all, you know, and I'm not going to go back to the Lord. I'm not going to, you know, that's it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not going to seek any kind of leadership ever again, but you went to the Lord and he's brought you through, you know, yes. it seems like he's really brought you through all of this and, to be in leadership, to be able to help other people through a program like Celebrate Recovery is that's an amazing testimony. Hmm. And yeah, sometimes we got to go, you know, sometimes we just go through some crap that, you know, we don't even understand. And yeah, like that, just that, you know, that, that temptation that gets in there and, you know, sin will always take you farther than you want to go. And you absolutely experience that. And you have a story to tell that may help others and maybe help them get out of that before it spirals even further. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, George, the, for people that want to get out of this, because this is a, this is still an issue, right? For most men, every man's battle. It's called every man's battle, the book for a reason, right? Yeah, um, right. Because men fight and women fight. And statistically, not just with this, but with anything. And, and I had to make a commitment to God and to myself that I will pursue healing no matter the cost. And, and that meant giving up things. It meant turning things off. It meant blockers on my phone, my computer, my, it meant checking in with an accountability team regularly every few days going, here's the account of where I'm at. I'm going to give an account of what I've looked at, what I've done, what I've thought, what I've, you know, it costs money for programs. It costs money for books and resources, but I had to go, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I'm. Rick Warren and, and uh, John Baker, founders of Celebrate Recovery, like they say, we're as sick as our secrets. And I was tired yep. of being sick. And, and so it was a, it was a gut wrenching heart stretching time of rawness, openness, complete honesty, um, lie to lie detector tests, polygraph tests, you know, like this was, it was a time of, I'm serious about making changes. And, and I am so grateful because through that I did. And now I found in recovery, I found my wife, my, my wife now, um, my current wife, <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my last wife, the only one I'm going to have, um, you know, but I found a, a God-fearing woman and our whole relationship really is based now on the principles of recovery. Whereas before my whole life was based on the secrecy of denial. Uh, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. I got this. I'm in control. I can handle it. And now it's about openness and, and healing and walking that out for God's glory, you know, because yeah. 
what good am you know i don't want to be i don't want to be someone who god entrusts with any type of audience whether big or small and then fail because of my own selfishness you know god god sets me up and goes here here's a gift here's here's a ministry here's things that you could run and lead and do um i i for a moment can't go yeah, I I got this. It's all because I did so good and I'm so great. And I'm it's really because we have an amazing God who had amazing grace and amazing mercy on an amazing sinner. <laughs> and that's that's it. <laughs> I yep. I think something important just for people listening or watching, hopefully, if we get this out, um, is that if you are upset because a pastor messes up something or even a, just a Christian in general, you need to check yourself because um, David really screwed up. <laughs> like he got a guy killed. He took his wife, got her pregnant, all that stuff. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Cause David's coming. Um, and so um, I just think it's important to know that, you know, like everybody's a human and that they mess up and they make mistakes and for anybody to to judge and be like well you're not you're not qualified anymore or anything like that you're you're wrong because what did they say about david george yeah he was a man after god's heart yeah and i mean and david screwed up a lot and th this is the thing you know david screwed up a lot and he was repentant there it is. That's the other thing we do need to to remember about that yeah. is that we screw up a lot and we don't want to continue. You know, we you have grace. Just stay in it. Does yeah. that mean we continue sinning? No, nope. that means we make it speakable. We say, hey, this is my issue and I need some help. That takes away the foothold that the devil has on you. Because like you said, we're as, as sick as our secret and something that, that my wife always says is secrets make you sick. And when you're holding on to that, I mean, I'm sure that you, Daniel, probably felt physically ill at some time. Um, just, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm asking you, did you feel physically <laughs> ill did you feel physically ill when you were holding on to that secret? Because like David said, when he was holding on to that secret of, of um, with sleeping with Bathsheba, he was physically ill. It wasn't yeah. just this, you know, torment in his brain that he was trying to get over this. He was also like when he was repentant, he was on a sick bed. So yeah. Was there a point? that you were physically ill through this. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, short answer, <laughs> yes. Um, and David, you know, he talks about that, right? Like my bones ache, my my teeth hurt. My, mm -hmm. Like there's Psalms that he's going into this. Um, and for, for me, same thing. Y you get so sick to your stomach, that pit in your stomach. Your, I was physically sick. Um, when things were exposed, now there's not only the sickness, you, you feel free because your secret's out, but yeah. now you got to mm. deal with the guilt and shame. And, and, you know, that took me to some dark places, times where friends had to physically come and check on me. Like, are you still here? <laughs> are yeah. you still okay? Yeah. You know, because we know what you're going through. We know what's been blown up and what's come out. And, 
you know, like, are you, are you going to hurt yourself? Um, you know, and, and had some real conversations about those kind of things too. So yeah, absolutely. The sickness that you, you are really as sick as your secrets and, and it can physically, I, and then in addiction too, you know, you got the other side where when you're in active addiction, you're not sleeping, you're up, you're using hours, you're missing work, you're, you know, and all of that takes a toll on you too, because now you're, you're, you're not performing the way you're supposed to perform. Yeah. And because you just spent all night surfing the internet or whatever it is, um, feeding your addiction, whatever, feeding your and, addiction. and that's, and that's whatever addiction may be, whether it's pornography, drugs, alcohol, um, when you're, when you're feeding that and that becomes your, your all in all, that's what you're doing. You know, you are, you know, that's going to make you sick too. I mean, people say, you know, there's, there's reasons when you look at someone and go, wow, they look really strung out because they have strung out their life to a a bare thread. Yes. Yeah. So, do you have do you have other questions? You want where do you want me to go from here, boys? <laughs> so what was I would say what like so you you know you were physically sick at that point. This got exposed. Yeah. But really, like going through all of that exposure, um, and having like so was that after that was exposed, was it then that the pastor said you need help, or had he had said that beforehand? No, that was when things were exposed. And I actually, you know, I can remember that morning I woke up, um, my phone blew up and, and I'm talking like I woke up to hundreds of notifications, messages, voicemails, um, because all of a sudden, you know, this, this was exposed very wrongly and publicly, um, with intention of ruining my whole life and so Mm -hmm. suddenly people are calling and going hey i think someone's you know pretending to be you they're not knowing that some of the pictures were me and you know like things like this and i called my pastor right away and i'm like pastor like i i messed up yeah bad i'm in trouble like i don't even know where to run and we met um and he, he he said you know there were some other things to that as well not just hey you need help um, he, he's like, you need help. See you later, bud. Have a good yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have you a hockey game to go fired. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I honor my pastor because thank God he did not have a savior complex that goes, I need to be the one to help you and have all the solutions here. Um, he actually just said like, you're beyond the level of help that I could give you. You need professional help. And so I went to a, an organization in the States um, out down in Colorado Springs and, uh, went to, went to their week long, you know, I had to pay to go down there and stay and you get locked in a hotel, um, and you go to their center and you do counseling and therapy and <laughs> a lie detector test and all of these. Cause they, they go, now's your chance, expose everything, get everything mm-hmm. out. Um, because the only way you can actually heal right now is to get all of this out. No more secrets, no more lies. Um, so I did that. And then when I came back though, I knew it was really good, learned a lot, took a lot away from it, but 
I can't live in their therapy office. Yeah. And I right. knew I, I needed people that I could look to eye to eye, face to face that could actually ask me, how are you doing? Really? How is, how's your secrets really? Um, and, and that I couldn't, you know, play around with and, and BS and just make it sound like things are good. I had to actually go, things are really bad. And that's when I found Celebrate Recovery. And, that, you know, it's it's amazing because some of the guys, um, I don't know if, if you guys have ever done Celebrate Recovery, but on the first night that you go, um, there's an introduction group. And so everyone else, they have a large group with a lesson or a testimony, and then everyone goes to share groups. But if you're new, you're not supposed to go to a share group. You're supposed to go to this introductory group, a CR 101, if you will. And some of the guys that I sat with in the circle for the first time and said, hey, I relapsed. I had, you know, because I had already done some other recovery programs, um, not Celebrate Recovery, but sex sex addicts anonymous and i had done some other things in the past and had sobriety and i relapsed um but i had to admit that and some of those guys that i sat with in that circle uh you you guys talked about it earlier you know jacob when when your pastor was saying your friend was saying some things earlier who's a pastor sometimes you got to just show up and shut up you know yeah. the ministry <laughs> the ministry mm -hmm. of presence just be there and some of those guys that I was with in that first group are still my friends today. They're still part of my accountability today, you know, years, eight, nine years later. Um, they are still, they're still part of, of ministry here in Celebrate Recovery in our area. And, and I'm like, I found it. I found true, genuine connection that brings life and healing. And, you know, cause I, and I believe, I believe we're designed as humans for two, two relationships this way, us and God, but also mm -hmm. us and others. And this is the yep. gospel, right? This is <laughs> us and God, us and others, because we're not meant to do life alone. We're meant for community, but I had never had authentic community because I was not authentic. Everything I did was, was a lie. Everything yeah. I did had two lives, my compartmentalized, here's my sin problem over here. And here's my public ministry life over here. And yet the two will never meet. Well, they did meet in a, in a head on collision that, you know, cost everything. Right. So it, it's amazing to me when you find people and you go, we're going to walk through this together. What the power of the power of that you know, with yeah. God and with community, we can overcome anything. There is nothing that you cannot beat the, you know, the sin, the, the struggles, the issues that people feel like they're facing right now that are going, this is too big. I can never do it. I could never go a week, a day, a month, a year. I could never do it. Well, with God and with godly community, anything is possible. There yeah. is no limit. And like, like, oh. I, like I had mentioned, like there like, like the, the pastor I talked about, there, there are like multiple pastor friends and leaders I know that we've had these same discussions of like, hey, I could tell, we, me and you can talk a little bit about like, hey, I'm struggling with this or that. But even then you're like, mm, I don't know how far I can go with this. And so you go, uh, I mean, I, I know there are certain friends that I could super duper trust 
like I've told George things that like only like four people know. And like, I was having a hard time at one point in my life. And I was like straightforward with George, like, man, this is tough. And I said some things that George was like, bro, I've never heard you say that in my life. And I was just like, yeah, hey, I'm just being as real as I can be. And as raw as I can be. And I was like, and I, uh, I actually was, I was actually really like, not that I was celebrating in, in what the struggle was, but in the being able to say, say it because it does bring freedom, yeah. you know? And, um, and I, and I, and I think that, I don't know, I could see, or he, I mean, even hear the, the, the change in your voice when we were talking about that, that it did, you know, it was, it lifted, you yeah. know, there's something that I just lifted. It, it shifted in the atmosphere. Uh, if you want to mm. say, you know, yeah, it, it was, it was just like, like you mentioned, it's like brokenness. You're like, I had to get broken to, to, to get to the next level and versus it. Oh, hold on one second. I will find it. Humor me, people. You guys can no talk worries. or say something. <laughs> so you brought up this word a couple times, and I've heard it said many times, and I, I do understand this. Um, but relapse is part of recovery. Mm. So in celebrate recovery, is that something that you talk about? You know, because sometimes when we get into Christian circles and then go, well, once you have Jesus, you won't relapse. And that's just not true. You know, it's just not, we're still, we still have this condition. What is the condition we have, Jacob? Uh, human condition. <laughs> human, that's it. Human uh, condition. So, so it was Romans 5, and it says, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we have boasted in the hope of the glory of God, not only so but we oop, it zoomed in also stop trying to save that word also <laughs> glory in our suffering uh persevere oh wait no suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because god loves god's love has been poured out onto our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I think that that's kind of what we're all a little bit talking about here is um, especially that part that you, that suffering, because we know suffering produces perseverance. And I, I was listening to a pastor talk about this, like, hey, we go through pain. And what pain causes is growth and it sucks because <laughs> I mean, I know one of, one of our people that we've had on the podcast before, he mentioned his dad, how, um, they, their church was growing super big and getting big and a church split happened and they talked trash about him and said all this stuff. And he, in that brokenness of, Hey, I've tried to give it my all. <laughs> and like all these guys poo pooed on me and left and talked mad garbage about me and all this stuff. And, um, just being like, I don't know what to do here. God, I, I feel so lost. I feel so broken. I feel so hurt. 
But like reading that, you're like, there, it's right there. The Bible has an answer. Like, yes, I'm going through this hard moment, but if I, if I keep my eyes on Jesus, I'll persevere through this. And that produces faith and which produces hope and character and all that. And you're like, because I have a hope in Jesus, because he's the one who conquered the grave, saved me from a hell I deserve. And um, just going through that hard time, like I, I was super sick. Like I got sick. I had all this stuff happen. Our dog died. Like when we moved here, all this stuff. And like, I just was like, man, like, I'm getting my trash kicked, George. Like when I called him, I was like, I'm just, I am beat. You know, you never told me, you don't, I don't think you ever told me about Samson. Like, oh, Emery told not- me. And I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? No, no, the I dog told, died. I told you because you? I said, I guess the chickens got him. <laughs> oh, I don't. Well, okay. I don't, I didn't, when she told me, I didn't remember that. And then we were talking, I'm like, no, he did tell me that, you know, I, I don't have a lot of brain stuff space left. <laughs> You're talking about no. your birthday's coming up. So is mine, but I'm going to be 50. <laughs> Mine's only five days away. So <laughs> happy early birthday. A little bit. Thank you. 20, 25 days away from me. <laughs> You're wow. the 30th, right? Yep. yep. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's getting late, so it'll be a different. Just kidding. <laughs> like, yeah. It's 24, George. You missed it. All of a sudden, Anne-Marie, if she watches this or listens, she's like, George, your birthday is 31st. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> and so, um, go ahead, George. No, I was just going to say, could you speak to the, the relapse part of yeah. that? Because, you, you know, you had gone through some programs and you know, like your relapse, like some people relapse and I was like, oh, they just, they used and then they, you know, got out of it, whatever, whatever the addiction or, you know, whatever they relapsed with and it didn't take them down a, a as dark of a road that your relapse took you. So in Celebrate Recovery, I'm at, well, I, my question is, are, do they deal with the relapse part of recovery because it does happen? Yes. Um, and yes, because relapse is a part of recovery. Um, Pastor Johnny Baker, who now oversees Celebrate Recovery globally, um, his father passed away, the founder, and now he's kind of taken up the mantle, you know, but he'll say it this way, relapse, relapse is a part of recovery, but it doesn't have to be. And yeah. if you are, if you're using the tools, usually relapse is a Usually relapse means you're not using the tools or the strategies that have Mm -hmm. got you sober in the first place. And, um, you know, you start to slack, you get comfortable. We get that, you know, that human nature you guys were talking about, right? Where we go, oh, things are good now. I don't have to do these things that I did before. And so relapse is absolutely a part of recovery, but I don't think it has to be. And I think that you finally... I finally, I'll use I and me statements like recovery. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had to reach a point where I go, I don't want to relapse anymore. I don't even want a mm-hmm. hint of it. I don't want, 
I don't want these things because it's gonna, I know the pain it caused me, the sickness it caused me. I know the relational damage it caused me. I know the um, reputation damage it caused me. I don't want that again. Why would I, why do I want to even entertain that? And so, um, you know, those reminders kind of go, okay, go back to Jesus. Don't get distracted. Go back to Jesus. Don't get distracted. Um, <laughs> because it, it is, it is a part of recovery. And, and if anyone is in relapse, if anyone's listening to this and going, I've relapsed and it's too late for me now, keep coming back, come back, come back to community, come back to the Lord, come back again. That's why, you know, the comeback, that's the, the, the whole point of yeah. this last year's summit <laughs> yeah. with Celebrate Recovery is come back. The lights on, come on home, the prodigal son, you know, come to your senses and come home because there's a father yes. waiting for you saying, you know, this isn't the end. If you're not dead, God's not done. And so keep, keep coming back, keep working it because it's worth it. You know, all the cliche recovery sayings that we have in our. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what is that? Uh, what's it called? Uh. Oh, am I muted? Nope. No. Oh, I thought it muted me. I was like, what the heck? Um, Because I see the mute button there. Oh, I can mute George. Look, beep, muted. All right. Um, <laughs> unmute yourself, George. <laughs> I did. It said ask to unmute him. <laughs> um, but uh, it reminded me of like, I think it was Holiday Inn or whatever. Hey, we'll keep the lights on for you. Like that's uh, Motel Six. <laughs> oh, Motel Six. Right? We'll keep the lights on for Um, but yeah, I I think that it's it's cool, and I actually kind of am interested to to learn more because I think that this is a bigger deal. That there's a lot of guys hiding like different things, but especially sexual sin. Because I looked at Barna research just today, just for funsies, and was yeah. looking at their top ten articles this year and like the craziest thing that this will make atheists but hurt if they listen to this podcast is that 75 percent of people who tithe did it because they feel like they want to do it and then like the other 25 percent were like different little categories like oh i felt guilted into giving or whatever and that one just so everybody knows was like three <laughs> percent like it wasn't a big margin and it was like 10,000 people they asked. And so I'm like, that's a significant number. Like only 3% yeah. of them thought that. And the other one was like, um, like the other ones were kind of like. We were going through that on my live this morning. Yeah. And so I was looking at it and I was like, what the heck? Like, I, I thought that was like a crazy statistic. But the one that was big was like um, that pastors struggling with sexual sin was hidden yeah like, it was almost like 95 percent couldn't talk to nobody like mm. that's what, <laughs> what it was is like pastors can't talk to nobody right. about any of their issues and that's you know and that's it's a sad it's a sad sad fact and really if you're a, you know if you're a pastor you do need to find other pastors that you can talk to about that it's almost like you know you well Daniel, you were saying that Celebrate Recovery has a track for pastors. And I think that's great because there's so many pastors that end up falling or leaving the ministry because 
they don't have anyone to go to, you know, so, and they, and they feel that if they do, then, you know, every, everyone, then that, then that's just going to end them, you know, yeah. and, and that's, it's a real fear though. I mean, I, yeah. that's a real fear because it does happen. You know, there's, um, can, can I ask, did, did the that sexual make sin you happens and then did, did they make you leave whenever you came, it all came out? Yes. Um, I want to be cautious how I, how I well, word did, this. I, and I'm not trying um, to put bad, bad things on the church or you, I just didn't know if they were like, Hey bud, like we're like, it was a mutual, like, Hey, we had to part ways kind of thing. Or <laughs> it was, it was, I was rightfully let go of the position I held. Um, yeah. Where I think the downfall was, and you just talked about this, you know, like pastors feel leaders, anyone, and it's not just pastors, not a paid position. Yeah. If you're in any type of um, like head usher or something, head usher, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lose my, what about mm -hmm. my reputation? I've been a deacon at this church for 50 years. And, you know, like um, we sit in the same seat. Everyone knows my family. This would devastate the church. And you're right. And it yeah. probably, it probably would. And um, one thing I wanted to hit on is, you know, admitting these things doesn't suddenly negate all the, the consequences, the Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. just because we suddenly go, well, I shared about it and I brought it to the light and now I'm free and I feel so much better. There's no secrets. Yeah. But dude, you, you, we have things we got to now deal with. Yeah. Um, and there's so still consequences for our sin. Like if you're a meth addict and you lose your teeth that's you know yeah. that's a consequence that's right. of, of that you know that's right or you know an alcoholic that ends up losing their their liver you know yeah that there there are still very real consequences that you deal with and i mean your consequences were heavy like to have that yeah spread across the country I, I couldn't imagine that. Could you imagine, like, I, at your, no. you know, whatever your <laughs> sin may be, just like, you're like hey, you here lied. it is for everybody to see, you know. Everybody's going to know you're a liar about these things. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, how, I guess, less, maybe like a few questions before we wrap it up, but like, um, how, I guess, was this person close to you that did this? Because I'm like, how, how the heck did they, know all this stuff about you like if you I, were you still in the church at the time like were you still no so the church the church i was that was part of us coming to alberta the church that i was fired from was in british columbia yeah. um we actually stuck it out for another two years in that church that's a whole other story for probably another podcast but um you know we committed and stuck it out and and we were talking about relapse but unfortunately there was there's relapse, but there's also restoration is, yeah. is relapse mm -hmm. part of recovery? Yep. Yes. But so is restoration. And in my opinion, unfortunately, the church at the time didn't have a restoration plan. It was, you know, you should have known better. You've done wrong. That's the end. And, and so there was no healing process. So we had moved. I was, that was, that was a big part of it. Um, job, you know, we moved provinces, we, we changed everything. This is 2012. And then we moved to Alberta and, and things were good for two or three years. I was working in the oil field. 
um, when Canadians will understand what that means, but that means, you know, (laughs) where Alberta is kind of the Texas of Canada, you know, we got cows and oil. That's what we got here. Um, And so there is, you know, oil field workers would be, I was working in the oil field. I'd be gone for two, three weeks at a time, working sometimes 16, 18 hour days. And you're tired, you're worn out, you're, you're, you're in a not good environment because when those guys aren't working, they're partying and they're drinking yeah. and they're, mm-hmm. and you know, you're, you're, I was designated driver because I don't drink. And so I was, you know, taking them to the strip clubs and to these places. And I wouldn't go in because again, I have this, you know, my new persona, but behind the scenes, I began to allow what Jesus said, you know, a little foxes destroy the vineyard. Right. And you, yep. you begin to allow little things, compromises that begin to change your entire world. And that's that's where when this relapse came, it wasn't someone I know to answer your question. We got the police involved. Um, they had no way of knowing who it was. However, based on some of the info we did gather, um, I believe and I could be totally wrong in this, but I still to this day, I believe it was people that were under my, in our youth ministry, when I was a youth pastor that were hurt and offended um, by my issues, by my, what had gone on. And they, uh, you know, today on Bible read along, we were talking about um, the beheading of John the Baptist and Herodes, Herodes, the wife of Herod. She, it says she nursed a grudge against John the Baptist and I believe that the people that hurt me had nursed a grudge. It was years of allowing that offense to go. I hate that guy. I hate, I want to ruin his life. I want to, and it led to them do trying to do that. Um, so I don't, I still to this day, don't know who I've actually personally released forgiveness, <laughs> you know, whoever yeah. it was, I forgive. Mm-hmm. I'm sure angry that they did it. I, you know, I could never imagine, even if I knew someone's, biggest sin issue i could never bring myself to expose them in the way that i was exposed just for the sake of ruining a life like yeah. i couldn't do it i you know maybe because i've experienced it i don't know how how you sleep at night going i ruined someone's life and i'm happy about it like <laughs> yeah you're like yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, i'm a jerk i don't get that <laughs> you're like i don't i don't uh i don't know how you live with uh and a butthole yeah and you know just consequences so just to be real like because this is raw and I'm, I'm not trying to soften this i mean i'm being cautious in what i say but i'm this is raw you know and it, it ruined everything i don't get i i'm not married to that woman anymore yeah. um it ruined a marriage i don't get to see my kids i don't get to be in their life i don't get you know like there's things that wow. I, it's it's ruined things for generational issues now you know like it, it's yeah. actually and and yeah i i would much rather <laughs> it's interesting because you, you have a chance to confess or you know fall on the rock or the rock falls on you well the rock fell on me in a <laughs> you know the heavy way because this had to be cleaned up if if god was going to get a hold of my life things had to be brought into order yeah. But I wish, I wish hindsight being 2020, boy, I wish I had found Celebrate Recovery 20 years ago. 
I wish I had found the courage to oh. sit with a group of guys or pastors and leaders and say, here's the whole story. I'm completely honest and I'm broken and I need help. Yeah. I guess how, I was forced yeah. into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess how, if, if you have an idea, how would you go about that? Like for, for leaders and pastors and stuff, because I'm actually intrigued on it because like, like if I was ever, you know, like when there's a healing line or something like that, and like we need to pray for you. I would never get up to be honest, because I'd be like, I'm the youth pastor. I'm a leader. I can't go up there. Like, even if I, like, even if it's like, Hey, have you like, <clears throat> they talked about like, uh, losing like your vision or whatever. And I was like, I haven't lost my vision, but I'd love to get prayer to like, Hey, let's God, it's a new year. Let's get a, a bigger vision for what you're doing in my life and our youth ministry and everything, the podcast, all that. Like I would have loved to go up there, but I was like, can't go up there. Can't do it because if, if I go up there, it's like one of those things like oh, he's going up there and that's how it feels. And whether the church would do that or not, it is a perception that is put up in front of you where you're like, don't know if I could go up there. And like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, like some people are like, oh, I don't give a crap about it. And I like normally am not, but I'm like also in this like very tender time of like, hey, I'm new here. And all that, I just need to play it cool, play it safe, kind of thing. And so, yeah. like, I know other pastors that literally are pastors. Like, if they went to a conference, they're like, I can't go up there. Like, people look yeah. up to me as a pastor, like, in other churches. I couldn't go up there if I, <laughs> even if I wanted to. Like, like you said, what if one guy did say, hey, I really struggle with the sin that I can't say, what's his sin? Huh. Why is he going up there? Yeah. I, 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 you know what? He cheated on his wife. That's my guess. Like, that's what they'll do. And you're like, shut up. Like, <laughs> you, right. you do all this stuff. Like, leave him. Meanwhile, alone. the guy's just trying to quit smoking and that nobody knows about, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he's like, I, I've been smoking. I, I've been doing little chew packs all the time. <laughs> you're, like, yeah. you're like, uh, that, oh, that was, <laughs> and he's like, that, that was all I was doing. It wasn't like I was addicted to it. I've just, do one every two weeks or something like it's not yeah. a, they're like mm. but like yeah. it is one of those things like i don't i don't know how to describe it but like the church should be kind of like that matthew west song it should be a hospital yeah. for the the sick and the hurt. yeah and it should be a place where you can go and be like hey i'm hurting like i'm hurting mentally inside or uh whatever and if your pastor said that he is no less of a leader, he's no less of a, of a man or a human or anything like that. Like if, if like a church, I think if pastors were, were more open, it'd be good, but you definitely would lose people that would be like, and to be honest, it's probably gonna be religious people. You're like, Oh, well, there's my Pharisees of the church. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's really what well, it comes down to. There's you know, there's extremes, right? Like yeah. We want to be open and free, but you also wouldn't come into church and confess every single thing you've done all week to you know, right? No. Like you're like it's, right. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get graphic here, people. So cover your kids' ears. I'm like, if you you like zipped your peepee in your your zipper, that would not be something you go up to the pulpit. Hey guys, today I zipped my my thingy into my <laughs> what? It hurt real bad. I just wanted everybody to know. <laughs> and, and uh, and I swore. <laughs> I, I, swore. I swore and you know what uh at, at betty may heard me did you not <laughs> pastor said a word you're like i sure did i don't know if you've ever done that it's worse if you ever you done it you swear too <laughs> oh. oh man but it's so true though it's so true and i think you're Jacob, you hit on some big things. So why why do people isolate, really? Um, and it's funny because sin, we have an enemy. We have an enemy that wants to destroy us, and he's mm, yeah. he's not stupid. He's he's worked with humans a long time. He knows what he's doing. Um, you know, but isolation is such a it's we are not again that community. We're built for community. Yeah. Isolation is such a tool of the devil and and pride. And yeah. so the you know, pride comes in and goes, well. I don't want to lose my ministry and my influence and my, 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 um, yeah. and isolation comes in and goes, we hear it in recovery all the time, you know, in those introduction meetings. Oh, my story is not like everybody else's story. My <laughs> story is so bad. And you're like, oh yeah, probably have heard this before, but give me your best shot. Like there's not a whole lot that surprises me anymore. So, um, you know, but, but that's, those are the tools of the enemy isolation and pride i can yeah what is what are the sins right the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh the pride of life it yeah. looks good it feels good and i can i can handle this it won't yeah. hurt me that's that's sin that's our that's what it is right and yeah. so yeah i i had a pastor that would say the devil has a short list he's got a short list on you of things to to hit you with and it's because he knows it works, you know, and when we're tempted, um, many times people go, nope, don't think about that. Nope, don't think about that. Nope, don't think about that. And they do all this. No, I'm not going to think about that, that all they could do is think about it. Well, if we switch that and go, I'm not going to think on that thing, but I am going to think on the Lord. I am going to go to Psalms. I am going to go to Proverbs. I am going to get into my word and think about those things that will enrich me instead of trying not to think about the thing. Cause the more you try not to think about it, the more you're actually thinking about it. And it does, it, it doesn't make sense, but it does, you know what I mean? Like, so hundred yeah, percent, like, you know, so we need to, we need to shift our mindset and ride through it, you know, and, and do something different. Yeah. You can't just go, Nope, I'm not going to think about it. Nope. I'm not doing that. Nope. I'm not going to do this. No, 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 no. You know, you know what I am going to do? I am going to call my friend and say, Hey, I need some prayer. I am going to go to the word, you know, yes. you had a good relationship with your wife. Hey, I am going to go to my wife and talk to her about this. Um, like I, Daniel, I wanted to ask you, you are married now. You're yep. right. You're, you're remarried. And you said that your marriage has kind of 
based and you know do a lot of the celebrate recovery in that how much of your story did your wife know um before you guys i guess before you guys even started dating um that's a great question i'm trying to think back um i actually i think a lot because at that point again i was so broken but i was also experiencing this freedom of being open i had already done a couple years of recovery before i met her um with celebrate recovery and so you know i was open and and i any serious relationship that i was looking at at that time of singleness um it was full disclosure because i wanted them to know what you're getting into and she knew and she actually came to celebrate recovery she would drive an hour every week to come to celebrate recovery just to see me because she knew that's where i was and i'm like i'm not giving up my celebrate recovery night sorry um so she would drive come and see me and one of those nights i was sharing my testimony it was the first time i had i'd been in recovery three years at that point so now it's 2018 might have even been 2019 and um you know I, I shared my testimony and you have to write it out. You have to read what you've written. Um, and it, it goes through it. And, and she sat there and wept and, and got up and hugged me and, you know, I love you and I'm with you. And, and basing a relationship on recovery doesn't mean we have a perfect relationship, but it means mm -hmm. again, right. those tools, we're willing to use the tools to build build stronger, build better, build to last better together. We're not giving up. We're not quitting, you know, like, yeah. So, so that she did. Sounds know. like she a good knew. foundation. Yeah, I think so. So far yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up on, uh, we'll be four years in July that we've been and, married. And uh, I would say a majority. So a majority of that going through COVID together. Yeah. Especially in Canada. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But remember, Alberta's like the Texas of Canada. So we were a little oh, more right, open right. than everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. That's how Utah um, was. We're well, I think that's a, yeah, which was really great for, for us and what we were doing. So I think that's I, a, a good. Could I share a verse? Yeah. I don't oh, yeah. know if we're wrapping up or you want me to wait, but I'd like to. We're, we're no, about go to ahead. wrap up. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so it would be a good good spot. So Romans 12, the message. Now, all you listeners that are KGV only, don't shoot me because I'm about to read the message. I doubt but we have Those people either. don't listen. Oh, to you don't. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> I have I have some that, only, that are KGV only on my, on my lives. And so it's like, okay. Um, but here's Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the message. And I love the way that this is. It's a paraphrase. So this is not, you know, word for the word, most people word for word. It's not the best. This is not a translation I would go to to study, but it's a good one to just kind of get the picture here. And here's what it says. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. And I think. First off, that's just amazing because recovery of whatever your issue is, any hurt, hang up or habit. We're tonight, we're talking mainly about my issue, you know, of, of addiction, sexual addiction, but whatever you're working through, it's not just what you said, George, white knuckling it, you know, don't do the bad thing. Don't do the bad thing. Don't do the bad thing. Um, 
here's what I want you to do. God helping you. And when I realized, wow, God wants to help me through this more than I even want to get through it. It began to change those ways of thinking. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And when I heard this in this translation, I thought, wow, this summarizes recovery for me. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life and make it an offering to him, fixing your eyes on him and not fitting into the culture around me and just my own desires and things. And God begins to change you from the inside out. And I thought, Lord, I've really sucked at changing my own life. I got a pretty good track record of screwing everything up, but you're, you got a pretty good record of fixing everything. So God have your work in me. Here's my life, my everyday, ordinary, going to work, non-ministry life, my eating, sleeping, not an audience, not a crowd, just here's the real me. Would you change me from the inside out? And that's been one of my biggest prayers in my recovery. And I hope any of your listeners that are, struggling or wanting to take some first steps that this may encourage them as well. That's awesome. Yes, me too. So I don't know if you've listened to all of our podcasts before, like all the way to the end, but there is a secret at the end of every podcast. And what it is, is we have our guests pray us out of the podcast. <laughs> so it's not really a secret. You just got to listen. Perfect. So if you would go ahead. I don't mind at all. So Father, thank you for loving me. And I thank you, God, that your love is so big for everyone listening, watching, responding to this even today. You love them. And so, Lord, I just pray for my brothers here. I pray blessing over Jacob, blessing over George and their families, their homes, their ministries. God, I pray for anyone that's listening. Would tonight be the night? that says, I'm willing, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm willing to give up my secrets and embrace healing and embrace wholeness and embrace what God has for me, embrace relationship with him and community with others that brings wholeness and healing. And so, Lord, I pray for any, especially men listening to this, that there would be the courage to take the first steps, to tell someone and to confess to you and to confess to someone what they've done and how they want to move forward. Lord, would you give us your grace? Thank you for the cross that you died and rose again. We thank you for that salvation grace, but also the empowering grace of God to now live our everyday, ordinary, walking around, eating, sleeping life, and present it as an offering before you. Help us with this. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
I just wanted to cut that into it because that's a that's a sweet little finish there. Yeah, love it. <laughs> 